September 15th. Our New Testament reading today will be from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. We'll read about the runner. Paul saw himself as a man running a race, and he was absolutely certain he was on the right track and headed for the right goal. The Judaizers were trying to move the church into bondage and get them on a detour course. We'll read about the steward. God has committed the gospel to his people, and we must guard it and share it with others. God is not looking for popular celebrities. He's looking for faithful stewards. And we'll read about the watchman. Paul was not afraid to confront the apostle Peter when Peter moved away from the truth of the gospel. Eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, said Wendell Phillips, and that applies to our spiritual liberty as well. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. September 15th, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. Then fourteen years later, I, Paul, went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I talked privately with the leaders of the church. I wanted them to understand what I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure they did not disagree, or my ministry would have been useless. And they did agree. They did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question wouldn't have come up except for some so-called Christians there, false ones really, who came to spy on us and see our freedom in Christ Jesus. They wanted to force us, like slaves, to follow their Jewish regulations, but we refused to listen to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the good news for you. And the leaders of the church who were there had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. They saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the good news to the Gentiles, just as He had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter for the benefit of the Jews worked through me for the benefit of the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles, while they continued their work with the Jews. The only thing they suggested was that we remember to help the poor, and I have certainly been eager to do that. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him publicly, speaking strongly against what he was doing, for it was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians, who didn't bother with circumcision. But afterward, when some Jewish friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore because he was afraid of what these legalists would say. Then the other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was influenced to join them in their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the good news, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, 
a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws, and are living like a Gentile. Why are you trying to make these Gentiles obey the Jewish laws you abandoned? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. And yet, we Jewish Christians know that we become right with God, not by doing what the law commands, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be accepted by God because of our faith in Christ, and not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be saved by obeying the law. Our prayer is often dull because there is so little earnestness in it. We pray as if no one is listening. We pray as if nothing will happen. We pray as if nothing were at stake. We pray without vim or vigor, without passion, without purpose. We will sing the Michigan State fight song with greater enthusiasm then we will pray. And we will have greater confidence that if perhaps we cheer on our team in the arena, it will give them some inspiration. More confidence in that than if we would pray, God may answer. We pray to pass the time. Yes, that's what we do. We're Christians. We got a service, we pray. We pray to pass the time, not to pull down blessings from heaven. Like Jacob will not let you go until you bless me. Are you ever, are you often, are you rarely gathered together with God's people for the purpose of prayer? Surely there are reasons to pray. You just have to look at your life, some of you, your marriage or your health your concerns in the country or the world or your friends or our missionaries or this body, conflict in your life, your work, your unemployment. There's no shortage of reasons to pray. So we must ask, if we are not often gathered together earnest in prayer, we must consider why not? Is it because we do not have great needs in this body? Is it because we do not have fears and sins that beset us? Is it because there is no opposition in the world which threatens to snare us, or there's no devil on the prowl to destroy us? Is it because we are sure of ourselves, self-reliant, in no need of divine assistance? Or is it because we consider help from God to be so negligible that it is not worth our time to ask for it? Do we not think God listens when we pray? Do we not think He cares? Do we not realize that He is more than able to give us grace to help in our time of need? Why do we not gather to pray? What is the reason for our apathy? Do we not see the critical importance of prayer? Have we forgotten what a privilege we have in prayer? Have we no confidence in the power of prayer? Do we take the example of the early church to be unreachable or impractical in our busy day? Have we no sense 
for the blessings that await us in prayer and through prayer? Have we lost sight of the great glory that God receives when His people humble themselves and pray? Who knows what new victories we would experience? What divine favor would be ours? What surprising providences we would enjoy if earnest prayer were made to God by the church, by this church. Brothers and sisters, do you believe that God stands ready, willing, and eager to hear us, eager to help us? His ways are not always our ways. He does not always answer as we would expect Him to. But His love never fails. And His mercies are new every morning. And there is one at the right hand of the Father who intercedes for us. And will lend His might to our puny prayers. If we would but pray. He who is omniscient delights to hear our requests. He who is omnipotent acts when we call upon Him. He who is omnipresent promises to be near to us when we pray. Why do we not pray more? Why is the American church with all of her blessings and all of her strengths not particularly known around the world as a praying church? It's likely because of all of our blessings and all of our strengths and all of our resources. What would it mean for us to be a church often in earnest prayer? What might you and I have to rearrange in our lives? Not just to have a personal quiet time, but to have much corporate time of prayer. What are you doing tonight? when this church will gather to pray. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Psalm 59 Verses 1 through 17. I will pray. David compared his enemies to dogs prowling the city streets and growling over the garbage. Saul was after him again, and only the Lord could deliver David. We'll see that uh, he waits. David's wife helped him escape that time. But David faced several years of danger and exile before he received his rightful throne. Twice he could have killed Saul but he refused to do so. He knew that God would deal with his enemies in his way and in his time. So he decided to do what? <laughs> he decided to sing. See, David had a song in his heart, and he would sing in the morning because God gave him joy in the morning. Things often look worse at night, so wait for the morning. Express your faith. Engage your faith. God will give you your song of praise. 
Psalm 59, verses 1 through 17. For the choir director, a psalm of David. Regarding the time Saul sent soldiers to watch David's house in order to kill him, to be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy. Rescue me from these criminals. Save me from these murderers. They have set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting. Though I have done them no wrong, O Lord, despite my innocence, they prepare to kill me. Rise up and help me. Look on my plight. O Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, rise up to punish hostile nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They come at night, snarling like vicious dogs, as they prowl the streets. Listen to the filth that comes from their mouths, the piercing swords that fly from their lips. Who can hurt us? they sneer. But, Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at all the hostile nations. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me. For you, O God, are my place of safety. In his unfailing love, my God will come and help me. He will let me look down in triumph on all my enemies. Don't kill them, for my people soon forget such lessons. Stagger them with your power and bring them to their knees, O Lord, our shield. Because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses, and their lies. Destroy them in your anger, wipe them out completely. Then the whole world will know that God reigns in Israel. My enemies come out at night, snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. They scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. But as for me, I will sing about your power. I will shout with joy each morning because of your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety in the day of distress. O oh, my strength, to you I sing praises. For you, O oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14. Don't fail to correct your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. <laughs>